Uh, I think Lomas Brown saved me, Lomas. I'm I, I'm I'm distraught <laughs> after that game yesterday. <laughs> oh my God, man! I don't think I ever heard a rant like that, man. That is classic, Hughes. It's classic man. because I think you and probably a hundred thousand other Lion fans around here feel the same way. I know me, Dan Miller, and TJ. Man, we were just shaking our heads like, what in the world just happened in this game today? It was was incredible. All right, so Lomas Brown from the Lions Radio Network, former Lion great, joining us on the Meyer Guest Line. So, Lomas, take me up in the booth. TJ's down on the sidelines. You're up there with Danny Miller. When when did you start to feel that this could go wrong? At what point, whether you talked with Dan about it or maybe you're just thinking inside your own head like, wait a minute, this is beginning to unravel. Yeah, look, so full disclosure to the audience, love Dan Campbell. That's my guy. Played with him. Love the guy. Love him as a teammate, as a brother and everything. And he knows, man, some of those calls just Mm. yesterday. He knows. You can hear it in the press conference. He knew it. He knew it. We knew it when we heard some of the – or when we witnessed some of the stuff that was going on and – you know, not going for the fourth down and, you know, kicking the long field goal. And, and I know, man, it's easier being a, uh, what they call a couch quarterback or whatever they call them. It's easy. And it's easy being up in a radio booth and saying what they should and shouldn't do. I already know that. I know the pressure that these coaches face on the sideline. Man, I just. Uh, it, it was bad. He was, it, it was bad. It was just bad. Just some of the decisions and, you know, some of the execution. And you could see it. You could feel it. You could feel the momentum. I think after that last kick, when we missed that. No, I'm going to tell you when I thought it was. I thought it was 1039 left in the third quarter when we went three and out and they got the ball. They went down and scored. And right then, I started having that queasy feeling in my stomach that I'm on the verge of seeing this team make a comeback, meaning the the Minnesota Vikings. And once it started, it's just like a big old snowball going downhill. It just gains momentum. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And pretty soon, you can't stop it. And and you could just feel it. You could just kind of feel it. That crowd got back into the game. You know, we had all those silly penalties that kept drives alive for them and kept giving them first downs. You could just feel the momentum just leaving the Lions, going towards Minnesota, and then the end results, that it was just it was awful. It was just an awful day yesterday. Lomas, uh, Dan right away owned it and said, hey, man, I hated it. Why, why are they making these – bad in-game decisions. Is Dan not listening to assistance? Is there not a process? Uh, the clock management snapping on 15 when you should be snapping on four or five or three or something? I mean, there's really simple football 101 from my vantage point, Lomas, and it's not being followed by the Lions. I get there were four of six on four down conversions. I get he's more of a gambler. I'm cool with that. That's why if they would have went for the first down to get into victory formation and they yeah. didn't get it, I I could have lived with that. I really yes. could have. Yes, I, I'm with you, Hughes, and I think a lot of people are with you looking at this. And you know, I know Dan said last year, and I know earlier in this year, one of the things that they talked about was 
communication between the coaching staff, not between the players, but between the coaching staff. And I, I think they're still working on that. I really do. I read something today where, um, and it wasn't a player that came out and said it, but it was an article saying that it's a lot of miscommunication between Aaron Glenn and the defense. And at that critical time, you know, we had the receiver that ran wide open mm. and he was able to pull in the winning touchdown. So I just think it's more so with the staff. Of course, I'm not letting the players off the hook, not at all. But I just think it's something, the communication between them, them getting on board and them getting on the same, but you know, singing from the same sheet of music when I talk about the assistant coaches. And it's a process. It's a process. It really is. You know, when you talk about a young coach and you talk about a staff that he's only had for a couple of years, it's a process. But it's something that has to be clarified and it has to be cleared up sooner than later because now it's starting to cost us games. Lomas Brown from the Lions Radio Network, former Lion Crate, joining us on the Meyer Guest Line here on the huge show across Michigan. Lomas, it's pretty simple. Uh, you go for it or you punt that football because Minnesota's out of timeouts. And you, you do play a prevent to a point so you don't get beat on the deep ball and you keep things in front of you so time winds down. And worst case scenario, if you give up the field goal, your team still has a chance to win an OT. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Hugh. I, I agree 100%. Everything you said, I, I have to agree with it because you're right about that. It was some of the same things that we were saying when we were up there in the booth. You know, it was just really puzzling. And I know Dan has a lot of faith in this player, and he, he proved that by saying that he had faith in the kicker, that he thought the kicker would be able to bounce back, even though he missed that earlier one. He thought he would be able to bounce back. but And that's a lot of faith. That's a lot of faith in your players. But to me, you have to have these players in position for them to have success, too. Meaning, you know, maybe that should have been a shorter field goal attempt than the, trying to kick one. What, what was it? He was a 50-something yarder we were trying to yeah. kick. You know? Yeah. Longest so, ever. Longest ever yeah. for Siebert. Longest ever. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? And I understand. I understand the faith that he wants to have in the players, his players. But I think Dan has to remember, these are young guys. I mean, we got one of the youngest teams in the NFL. And when you got young guys out there, man, they're going to make mistakes. I mean, these guys are still learning. Their eyes get real big, looking like that deer in the headlight. You know, your eyes get big as the game goes on, as the situation becomes more pressure, you know, more more pressure point in the situation. Things are going to happen, and you don't know how these young guys are going to react. You know how a veteran going to react to things, but you never know with a young guy uh, how he's going to react to things. And I just think I know he has a lot of faith in this team that's been built over the last two years, but he still has a very young team, and you have to treat these guys like that. And I think you have to coach accordingly to what you have on the field. Tell you what, with uh, his issues on in-game clock management, play calling, he might need a game control guy who's on a headset talking to everybody. Uh, that's kind of because you got, you got a lot of emotional guys in Glenn and Deuce and Campbell, and I love them all, like you said. But this is the NFL. You're judged on wins and losses, Lomas, and you get 17 chances now a year. And that game is like losing two because it's a divisional opponent. 
And if you win that game, you're two and one. You're right there with the Bears and the Packers in the NFC North. You still play both of those teams twice. You get the Vikings back in Detroit. You're an NFC North contender with that win. I know only one out doesn't mean you're out of it. But just the momentum we all talked about all offseason that this team needed through those first four games, and it was sitting right there in game three in front of them, and they controlled that game for the better part of three quarters. And huge. The biggest thing you said in that statement, it, it was a role game. It was a, a role, it was a chance to prove that you could take what you have on the road and go beat a good quality, like you say, divisional foe. You know, somebody that you're going to see again. But it was a role game. Everything that comes with a role game, trying to handle the crowd noise. They had the crowd out of the game for like the first three quarters of the game. But again, we allowed them to get back in the game. I thought they controlled pretty much the line of scrimmage on both sides. I didn't think I didn't think Minnesota gassed us with any tough plays on the ground. They shut Justin Jefferson out. Adam Thielen came along later in that game, and he hurt us. But I thought they did a great job. I from the offensive side of the ball. I thought we ran the ball, even though we had a you know a gimpy, uh DeAndre Swift. But I thought. You know, uh, Jamal Jamal Williams almost had 100 yards rushing and two touchdowns in that game. So I thought the line, especially our beat-up line, our line that they're piecing together, I thought they did a nice job of protecting Jared Goff. Jared played a very good game to me. I don't think I could blame him for anything. I thought he played well all game long. So we did what we had to do, and I think that's the real reason why Dan felt so bad about some of the decisions he made. Because that team played hard. We played hard. We controlled most of that game. And like you said, it was a game that was there. A game that we should have brought back home to Detroit and then let it slip away with some of the decisions. And, of course, some of the penalties that helped them you know, that's what makes it so hard to swallow this day, not only for us fans, but for those guys on that team, too. You know, all, all of Hard Knocks in training camp, he talked about being prepared and ready to go when you show up for a practice preseason game. And he's got to practice what he preaches. He needs to go look at all those in-game situations, clock management, uh, play calling, uh, setup when you're up big, when you're down big. They need to get the coaches together in a room and go through, identify everything, and come up with a system where everybody's on the same page. They need that now, today. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and I think that's what, something that they're going to do. They're going to have to do that. You're right about that. It, it, because, again, it's cost us this game. And like you said, that's almost like two games. When you lose a game like that, and especially you lose it in the last 50 seconds of the game, it was just it, it was heartbreaking um, for, that, for those players. And then the injuries that you sustained out there. Think about it, how they were resilient. I mean, you Lewis Tracy Walker, like I say, DeAndre in the hundred percent out there. You know, you you and, and yet and still, you're still in this game. You're still pretty much dominating this game. But again, mismanagement, clock mismanagement, penalties, um, different things like that. They they'll take you out, and I hope and I know 
because I know the type of person that Dan is. I know they're going to learn from this. But, man, the NFL, that's a hard place to be learning lessons, man. Like you said, it's all about wins and losses in the NFL. You don't have time to be on the job learning. Yeah, it's not a training academy, so we'll see how they respond as a staff, as a team. And, man, we don't want to look back at this as a turning point in only week three. Lomas Brown with Dan Miller, TJ Lang on the Lions Radio Network. Lions great. Joining us on the Meyer Guest Line here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Logan, appreciate your, or Lomas, Logan, Logan Lamoran, dear Lomas Brown. Hey, but real fast, you. Yes. I love what you were saying about the Powder Puff games. I, look, I attend Regina um, Powder Puff every year. I go to them and Marion. And that, you're talking about a game? Yeah. I'm, when you talk to the AD for the state of Michigan, Michigan, tell him I'll be his commissioner for flag football throughout this. Yes, man, because I love it. I love it. Those girls are competitive. It'd be a great game, and they sell it out. It'd be a sellout every Amen. year. So I love it. I love what you were saying. Yeah, about flag that. football. Why not with the do. girls? And they could have Absolutely. a. They could have state Absolutely. championships down in uh, Ford Field. Uh, you know, they could pick a day where they play their state championships. That'd be awesome. I'm with you. I'm with Amen. you. My good man. Lions don't play in that Sunday. Maybe they do it on that uh, Sunday. Man, you could be the commish. I'd be the vice commish. We'd be like we'd be like Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart in a movie. <laughs> I love it. It'd be I called the Powder Puff Boys. <laughs> but Kevin Hart's only about five four, so we got to find somebody else to play you. <laughs> right. Hey, I like that the Powder Puff Boys. I, I like, like that. We could be like detectives too. Like we're we're, we're Powder Puff coaches, <laughs> but we're also detectives. <laughs> you oh, and we could combine a whole bunch of Will Ferrell, Kevin Hart movies. We could be like Step Brothers Three. Me and you are Step Brothers. <laughs> I love it, my good man. All right, we love you, Lomas man. Take care, of my best you and your family. Absolutely, huge. Talk to you soon. Yeah, yeah, Lomas Brown, man. He, he makes a mistake laughing at my jokes. You laugh at my jokes, I don't stop. Even if I'm not funny, I just don't stop. I don't.